Thank you, Tim. All right. What a passage. Galatians chapter 1. We are calling awareness today to the false gospels that we hear. In this letter, Paul is speaking to people that have at one time been told the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ and have even accepted the good news of Jesus Christ, but they have laid it aside. Good news comes from the word, the gospel means, comes from the word that means good spell. Not as in like magic spell, which means magic word. Spell in the old language means news or words. So good news or good words. A magic spell is just magic words or magic news. Makes sense, doesn't it? So good news. The good news that Paul is referring to The gospel of Christ is the words of Christ and His death, burial, resurrection, life. But especially His proclamation that He is King. The good news of Christ's kingship. King of kings and Lord of lords. But the Galatians have been turning away from the gospel for another gospel, it says. Another good news, which is not good news at all, Paul says. In fact, that it is a turning away from the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, we have to use conjecture to say what kind of gospel are they laying it aside for? you read the rest of the book of Galatians, as we have read it, remember we read it as a group, legalism is probably what he's referring to. That's probably the gospel that they're laying it aside for, that um, you can work your way into heaven instead of grace being freely forgiven. And they have distorted the gospel gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach against, preach you a gospel contrary to what we preach to you, a curse beyond him, he's probably being hypothetical here. Not saying that an angel would preach a false gospel because an angels are messengers, right? messengers of God. The angels you're referring to are probably messengers from God. They don't preach false because they bring messages from God. And he's not saying that he's going to bring a false test, a gospel. He says, even if I were. It's hypothetical here. The curse beyond that person. Mm. It goes reminds me of that uh, that passage that um, teachers need to be extra careful 
because the curse that will be laid upon them should be not eager to be teachers. Mm. But as I think about this passage, I also think about the gospels that we hear all around us. The good news or those false good news we hear all around us. I think about the good news you heard just you know, how many of you guys watched TV yesterday? Flipped on the TV. Yeah, you watched a little TV. How many things did it promise you? Just think about the commercials. Oh, football, that's a great example. I got those commercials. How many of you guys watched the Super Bowl just for the commercials? I know some of you guys. The Super Bowl's on, you guys are doing whatever. But those commercials on, some of you are like, I want to see what the commercials are. And what are they promising you? You drink this, you'll be happy. You eat this, you're going to lose weight. Good news! And some of them flat out say it. Good news! None of them offer any real good news. Because if they offered any real satisfaction, they couldn't get you to come buy it again. And keep buying and keep by. Sermons are everywhere. They're in the books you read. And those of you who still read, I know. <laughs> the music we listen to. Even Christian music has a gospel. Some of it is the gospel of Jesus Christ and some of it, not so much. The TV shows you watch, that movie you went and saw, three-day weekend's a great weekend to go watch a movie, right? You know, to, to, to make an example, I've decided that I'm going I'm to use a movie, give you an example of, of the Gospels we hear. Mm-hmm. Now, this movie here... This movie series has a very large fan base. Most of you in this room have probably seen it. And if you haven't seen it, you're at least aware of it, right? How is it hard not to be aware of this this series? And they're a good example. This is a real easy example. Some of them are a little more harder. This is a real easy example of what I'm talking about. Did you know that there are good news messages preached at you in this series? First one of these came out in the 70s. Some of you guys were still like, that was the best one. Some of you are like, no, I like the last one. Some of you, let's not talk about the, the middle three. Um... But Star Wars, it's, it's one of those things, and it's created by George Lucas, and um, Lucas was, or at least may still be, I don't know, was professing um, Buddhist Methodist, which sounds really contrary to me, because you can be a Buddhist and whatever you want, you can't be a Christian and whatever you want, but you can be a Buddhist and whatever you want, so you can be a Buddhist Methodist all you want. If you put Buddhist first and then Methodist second, you could be whatever you want. <laughs> um, that's the way the Buddhist faith works. 
And these movies are borrowed from multiple religions. Lucas says, and his uh, says he says I see Star Wars as uh, taking all the issues that religions represent and d- trying to distill them down into a more modern and easily acceptable construct. That there is a greater mystery out there. I remember when I was ten years old, I asked my mother if there's only one God. Why are there so many religions? I've been pondering that question ever since. And I've conclu- the conclusion I've come to is that all religions are true. And this is the attitude and the message that he is presenting. And he says, I wanted to state all the religions down into one series. So right off the bat, we have this idea that this fun and great, and I'm not saying don't go watch Star Wars. It was fun. I don't really care for them that much, but I did when I was younger. Um, But we need to be aware that this is the message that is right up in the front of the movie. It took every single religion and kind of threw it into one one. That's why it's so easy. I've seen sermons preached the gospel of Star Wars. I mean, the force. You guys remember what the force was, right? That power that lets you do stuff. I mean, who doesn't want to be able to move stuff with your mind? Because getting the remote is really hard. Um, but I mean, the Jedi's use the good force and the Sith use it for evil, but it's the same force. An energy field, I quote, an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us. It penetrates us. It contains both good and evil. It's something that guides and allows the Jedi and the Sith to perform extraordinary feats. Which one was your favorite, right? The, the moving things or the moving really fast? I really liked it in the, you know, when they started moving really fast with it. Or, or the, the, where the Sith shot lightning out of their hands. Or the Jedis could see the future. Lucas says, I put the force into the movies in order to try to awaken a certain kind of spirituality in young people. I put it in there to awaken spirituality in young people. More of a belief in God than a belief in other, any particular religious system. I wanted to make it so that young people would begin to ask questions about the mystery. It's designed to make you ask questions about religion. The force, they would say, is something Christians would call God, but... Being controlled, and you know, like Elijah meets Buddha. I mean, and when you look, watch the movies, and if you haven't seen them, right, go watch them, right? The, there's, there's the messages of the virgin birth in there, right? Anakin. I'm not, spoiler alert, I know. <laughs> Hopefully it's been enough time I can give a few spoilers. Um... Redemption, lies, corruption, absolutions, uh, absolutes, and Star Wars, the Sith deal in absolutes. 
The Sith are the ones who deal in absolute. The Jedi don't. The bad guys deal in absolute. The good guys don't. So there is, so that means those who deal with absolute, like there is only one God above all other gods, like there is an absolute truth, truth found in the scriptures, that would be an evil idea in the scripture, in the, in the, in the, the Star Wars universe. Only the Sith deal in absolutes. And I could go on about, you know, this movie or many other movies. I mean, and the point of, um, as I talk about Star Wars, isn't that we shouldn't watch it. That's not the point. You can't avoid all the messages that are out there. You're going to live that monastery lifestyle if you try, right? You don't have any TV. You don't have any music. You don't have any books, you got you in the Bible in, in a room. Can't go outside because there's billboards. <laughs> the point isn't that we need to be, we need to be more than that. We need to be aware and not caught off guard that there are messages being preached at us everywhere we go. Gospels everywhere we go. We need to be aware of the false gospels preached at us. Because when we relax our guard and just say, oh, this is just a fun movie, and it may be a fun movie, but then that theology that they're preaching at us begins to work its way into our way of thinking, our minds. And what's the Bible tell us to do about our minds, right? It says, be renewed by the transforming of your minds through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are bombarded by sermons, by good news messages all the time. And we need to be aware of these messages so that we can say, you know what? I'm aware that they're preaching something at me. Does it match up with the truth of Jesus Christ? When you're on TikTok, they're preaching something at you. Does it match up with the truth of Jesus Christ? When you're uh, scrolling through Instagram, I know some of you guys are, are still rocking MySpace, I know. When you're cruising through it, does it match up? Not that you can avoid all the messages, though fasting for, for some of them is a fantastic thing you do when you start realizing you're, you're being bombarded and it's starting to influence you in negative ways. You fast from it, right? And say, okay, I'm going to fast from TV. I'm going to fast from the radio. I'm going to fast from, and let my head get wrapped on Christ, and we'll just fill that space that I would normally watch TV. It's not just good enough to just say, I'm not going to do it, right? It's like cleaning out a room. How many of you guys got that junk drawer in your house? Come on. Yep, got that junk drawer. Yep. Have you ever cleaned it out and just left it clean? It's because as soon as you clean it out, more junk goes on top of it. When you fast from something, it's not just about stopping. 
It's about feeling, whether that be from food or from, um, I'm not talking about intermittent fasting for weight loss. I'm talking about when you biblically fast, you fill that space up where you would normally be eating, you fill that space up with God. If you fasting from TV, that time you would normally be watching TV, you fill that space up with God. And you would normally be listening to music, you fill that space up with God. And because if you don't, it's just going to get filled up with other junk. And so we fill that space up from God, and it gives us a great example of that time, and we can get that, that feeling when we're fasting like that. It can give us that, that feeling, that, that, not just that feeling, that understanding that there are gospels around us, and we can start seeing them for what they really are. What's that old adage? You put a, a frog in boiling water, it jumps right out, but if you put a frog in water and slowly turn the water up, it'll sit there till it dies. Well, a lot of us have been that way. We've begun so inundated with all the messages around us that we don't see them until it's too late. And so sometimes we've got to jump out of the water on purpose. That's one of the things fasting is about, is jumping out of the water on purpose. So I can take stock. Is this water really good for me? Is it too hot? That's part of the purpose of fasting. Not, is some of it, yeah, yes, you can say, it's about devotion to God, and you'll be right. But God didn't say fast because you need to be devoted. We fast because it's part of our worship Him. We step back and say, how does this affect me? Am I being affected by the world? What are the messages, the gospels that are being thrown all around me? The gospels of Jesus Christ is what we need to be focused on. Because there's only one true good news, right? Only one true gospel. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So as you think, as you think about this coming, week, this coming week, when we look at our next steps, we ask ourselves, what are the gospels all around us that are being said? Be aware of them. Take time to be aware. Take your favorite TV show. You're not missing that episode this week. I know you're not. What is the gospel being that's being preached out of it? Be aware. The flaming arrows of the devil will hit you every time if you're not looking for them. When you're watching the football game, some of you are like, that's why I come to the early service, so I can make it. When you're watching the football game, what are the commercials preaching at you? Because they are. Buy this product and you'll be happy. Sell, save, make money. There's only one true gospel, and that's the message of Jesus Christ, and it's found in the Bible. It's not found on, on TV, TikTok, or the Internet. It's through the Bible and through reading the Scriptures. And that's why I recommend everyone read their Scriptures. What a blessing it is. You know, the idea that we can actually read daily is amazing. Think about the history of mankind, right? The history of Christianity. The idea that I mean, well, on Tuesday nights we're talking about church history, right? And they haven't even, we're, this week we're talking about how the, the formation of the New Testament. And 
we've been talking for weeks. They don't even have the New Testament yet. I mean, what an amazing gift. You guys can pull up your phone and flip over to it and read your scriptures. I don't know the Hebrew and the Greek. That's okay. There's programs out there like the Logos Bible software that I use. You click on the word and it brings up the Hebrew and the Greek. So you can start learning and you can say, well, you know, this is what it means. And this is, and we can actually start realizing, you know, and, and we can get a better grasp than, you know. And so we learn the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we think of the good news of Jesus Christ, we have to ask ourselves, have I been deceived? Isn't that something we always have to ask ourselves? Where did I get this information from? Was it really from the Bible or was it someone who said it was from the Bible? Was it from the Bible or was it from Star Wars? And I just liked it and took it. This week, my challenge to you is awareness, correction if needed. That's what the scriptures are for, right? Life, the Bible says all scriptures is God-breathed, which I'm not going to get into this right now. That's, not, that's a teaching moment. It either means it's inspired or life-giving. We can talk about that later if you want. But all scriptures is I like the word life-giving. In life-giving, and it's good for correction, reproof. Uh, let me put it in simpler terms. What is right, how to get right, how to stay right. Amen. So maybe you need to get right. Maybe you need to be aware and you're like, ooh, I'm starting to drift. I need to stay right. Mm. How do I use the scriptures? And if it ain't from the scriptures, you don't need to be preaching it, right? That's my challenge to you today. This week. Be aware of the Gospels around you. Father God, I praise you today, Lord. I pray that you open our ears to hear the Gospels around us. You pray that you would move within us and, and help us to hear with ears that discern from truth and, and from falsehood. Awaken our eyes to see. Awaken our minds to process. Give us a heart to, to say what is actually in your scriptures, that we, we start looking at it, and not just what we've been taught, but what, we, what is there. Help us to be true to you. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, amen and amen. Thank you.
All right. We are. Ooh, let me change my slides again. There we are. We are looking at a passage that I think is too close to home for us today. In Paul's letter, he's speaking to people who have accepted Christ, the Galatians. Remember, this is a church that he had uh, brought into and started this church. And he brought the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news, that's what gospel means. Gospel comes from the, word, from the words good spell. And spell doesn't mean like magic spell. Spell means words or news. So when you say magic spell, you're just saying magic words. So this is the good news, the good words. And Jesus, he says, I have brought to you the good news of Jesus Christ. But some of you who knew the good news of Jesus Christ, you know, the good news of Jesus Christ, the death, life, resurrection, but more importantly, that Jesus is king. That's what good news is about. The news that Jesus is king, king above all kings, Lord of all lords, the ruler of our lives. He said, I brought to you the news that Jesus was king. But some of you have laid it aside for other good newses. Good news, that's kind of a fun word. Good news. Some good news that isn't real good news in to begin with. They thought it was good news, but it's not real good news. Some of you have laid it aside. Now, we don't know exactly what good news or gospel they were setting aside the good news of Jesus Christ for, but based on the rest of the book of Galatians, we could say it probably was what we'd call legalism. The idea that you can work your way into heaven. That grace is not already paid for. Grace does not cover it all. You've got to cover it up with some of your own works. And that's kind of what the rest of the book's on, so we can assume that's what the other gospel they were talking about. But, and he says, you've laid it aside the distortion of the gospel of Christ, but even if we or angels of heaven should preach the gospel contrary, even if we or angels of heaven... Now, he's being hypothetical and even a little bit facetious here because he knows that angels, which are messengers of God, are not going to preach a false gospel. And he knows he's not preaching a false gospel. But he says, even if we were, even those people that were not going to do it, even if we were people to present a false gospel, we would be cursed. That reminds me of how we should be slow to become teachers. Because we have to take seriously that if we teach a false gospel, there's a curse. And gospels we hear 
are all around us today. Uh, some of you will say, well, I don't listen to any false preachers. I don't, I don't go to the, the imam. I'm not. But we hear false preachers and teachers all around us. It's in, we get preached at in the music we listen to. The books we read, yes, I know some of you are still reading. I love reading. Some of you are like books, not since high school. Um, the sermons, the TV we listen. How many of you guys watch TV this weekend? You guys, I watch TV this weekend. Maybe a football game, right? Yeah. Yeah. How many of you guys watch the Super Bowl just for the commercials? Right. You're like. The rest of the game you're talking, but those commercials, I want to see the new. Those are sermons that are being preached upon us and promising us a good news. They're promising a good news. Well, if you do this, you're going to lose weight. If you eat this, you're going to be happy. If you buy this product, you're going to be better than all of the others. If you're going to be satisfied. Now, they don't really want you satisfied because if you were really satisfied, you wouldn't buy none of their stuff. But they're promising the good news of their product. We just got over the election, right? How many of them were promising the good news if this person got elected? The good news if this person got elected versus the good news if this person... Ain't none of it really good news. They're just people and they can't... It's all as examples of good news sermons being preached at us all the time that are not real good news. The good news is that Jesus Christ is king, proclaimed as king. So they're not real good news. But these messages are all around us and they begin to affect our lives. Let's look at one example. Now, I chose one that probably most of you have seen. It's pretty popular. I mean, if you don't have not seen it, you've probably at least heard of it. I'm going to warn you, there are going to be some spoilers in this sermon. So, if you've not seen it, and like no spoilers, well, you're about 50 years behind the first one, so... Hopefully enough time has been passed. <laughs> but this is a, a series of movies that have come out. You know, there's nine of them, and then there's also the spin-offs and the rogues and the there's a big popular. There's the books, and don't forget the Ewok adventure that was. Um so Star Wars, and we can we can we can look at this series, and it's it's hard to find a person who has not heard of these, seen this, and it's been influenced by these movies. I listened to a, a bit of sermons that was the gospel in in uh, in Star Wars, and they were trying to look make Star Wars all to be Christian movies. George Lucas himself is, or at least was a professing Buddhist Methodist. Which seems like a contradiction, but it's perfectly okay if you're a Buddhist first. 
If you're a Buddhist, you could be whatever else afterwards. You could be a Buddhist atheist. I've gotten to know a few people of those in my life. You can be a Buddhist Methodist. You can be a Buddhist Baptist. You can be a Buddhist Islam. Buddha comes first, then you can be whatever you want. That's how the Buddhist faith works. And in these movies, George Lucas borrows from multiple religions. In fact, he says, I see Star Wars as taking all the issues that religions represent and trying to distill them down into more modern and easy, accessible construct. That there is a greater mystery out there. I remember when I was 10 years old asking my mother, if there is one God, why are there so many religions? I have been pondering that question ever since and have come to the conclusion that all religions are true. And this is how he approaches That movie is a sermon. Preaching, though you're like, oh, I thought it was just fun with lightsabers and, and bad guys that shot things out of their, their hands. But it's a movie preaching a message at you of multiple religions and all religions are the same and When it came out, there was hard pressed to find a religion that didn't use it as an example of their religion. Like I said, I've, I've heard many a sermon of the gospel in Star Wars. And they use examples from Star Wars to show how Christianity is in Star Wars. And, but Buddhists could also do the same thing, and, and Muslim, and, and Wiccan, and, because it's all in there. I mean, the force. How many guys remember the force, right? Who didn't want the force? Because the remote control is that hard to get. <laughs> I still can't make it work. I still have to get up and get the remote. But the Jedi, I mean, all the people in those movies, the, the Jedis and the Sith, they use the force, this one power that, that's used good or for bad. And, uh, you know... The force is defined as an energy field created by all living things that surrounds us, penetrates us, and contains both good and evil. It's something that guides and allows the Jedi or the Sith to perform these extraordinary feats. Like reading minds. These are not the droids you Remove things with the Schwartz. Or move really fast. My personal favorite was the Sith. They could like zap things with lightning. I always thought that was the coolest. Uh, I went towards the bad guys, I guess. I don't know. Lucas says, I put the force into the movies in order to awaken a certain kind of spirituality in young people. More of a belief in God than a belief in any particular religious system. I wanted to make it so that young people would begin to ask questions about the mystery. I want you to believe in any in God above all that's all religions. This sermon is being preached in the movie. And in the Star Wars, there's the mythos, you know, like virgin birth is in there. Anakin's born of, of the force by a virgin. 
Mm-hmm, that's in there. If you don't know who Anakin was, he's the guy who becomes Darth Vader. Oh, spoiler! There's stories of redemption. There's stories of lies, of corruption, of absolutes. I mean, it teaches that we, we as Christians believe that God is absolute, right? He's the same today, tomorrow, and forever. And His teachings are absolute. In George Lucas's Star Wars, it says that only the Sith, which are the bad guys, remember, deal in absolutes. Obi-Wan says that in The Revenge of the Sith. So there's no absolutes according to Star Wars. And I could go on about how these things are good and bad and what's in these movies because there's a lot in there about the religions. And this is an easy one. The point isn't to focus on Star Wars and say how bad of a show it was. I'm sure many of you enjoy Star Wars. I used to. Not so much anymore. I've kind of outgrown that phase. But it's a lot of fun. And the point isn't, hey, let's put another rule in. No watching TV, especially Star Wars. That's... You're going to live like a monk you start doing that. Well, because you, if you want to avoid all the false sermons out there, you can't listen to music, whether it's Christian or not, because some Christian music is good and some Christian music is not. You can't watch movies, can't watch TV, you can't read any books, you got your Bible and yourself, and you can't go outside because there's too many billboards out there. <laughs> no internet for you, it's just you and the Bible and that's it, and you're going to wall yourself up. The point isn't to say, okay, let's ban stuff, the point is that we need to be aware of the false gospels that are always around us. Because they are all us around. We are bombarded by good news messages every day. When you go to, how you guys, some of you guys are going to go down to eat at the casinos. If you're not from Loft and you're watching us online, the casinos are where all the food's at. And you're going to see this, you're going to see lots of promises to be good. That's going to promise you, good, whether it be on the, the signs of the billboards that are up there or the slot machine that's promising you a big win. Those good news messages are everywhere, and you're going to be bombarded with them. And so we need to be aware of the messages that are surrounding you. We need to be aware of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that every time you see a false message, you say, that does not line up. So how do you become so aware that you say that doesn't line up? You have to study your scriptures. What a blessing it is that we can study the Scripture. Have you thought about that? I mean, we've been teaching through church history on Tuesday nights, right? Some of you guys are not coming. Some of you guys are. It's been a lot of fun, right? And we've been teaching it for weeks now. And we still haven't gotten where they finalized the New Testament. All this time has passed, 300 years, and 
Well, they haven't finalized the New Testament. And here we are, just take advantage. It's, it's so readily available for us that you, you don't have to, you know, you can open it up whenever you want. See, I don't read the Greek and the Hebrew. That's okay, too, because if most apps anymore... You click on the word and it brings up some kind of Greek and Hebrew definition. You want a good, a good one for if you, like, our church app that's coming up. I'm, we're actually previewing it right now. It's, on the, it's in the make. So in the next few months, we're, in the next couple months, we're going to have a Laughlin Community Church app. It's going to have a Bible in it. You version has a wonderful app if you're going to read it. If you want something a little more studious, there's like bluebible.com or, or Logos Bible software. And they, you know, and many of these things, like Logos, you click on the word, it brings up Bible study, and it says, what's this word about? And you can read it in the Hebrew and the Greek and, the, and how it's translated, interpreted, and, and how many times it's translated as this, and how many translated as you don't have to speak the Hebrew and the Greek, though it helps, right? But as we study it, we begin to know it, become familiar with it. And anything that isn't it starts to jump out at us. But here's another problem we have. Not just studying the Bible. Is that, you remember that old adage, right? If you put a frog in water and slowly boil it, it'll sit there till it dies. Many of us have slowly boiled in pop culture. And we don't realize the influence it's had on our lives till it's too late. That's what fasting is about. Whether it be from food or you're fasting from TV or, or, or the radio or, or a certain kind of book, you know. Fasting is about saying, okay, I'm going to take myself out of the pot on purpose and reset myself with God. Re-getting myself used to the temperature so I can see, is that water too hot? Is it too cold? Is it... Because you get used to it, right? You start watching your favorite show, right? You're like, you're watching your favorite show. It's been your favorite show for umpteen years, right? Some of you are like, Bonanza, that's it. <laughs> Some of you are a little more recent, uh, you know. Yes, I like Bonanza. And you start watching these shows and you're like, well, what is it really saying? And if you've watched it and you're not evaluating it, then you're not seeing. You get caught unaware. And so you might need to fast from it and say, I'm going to take myself out. Now, fasting, we're not talking intermittent fasting because I'm going to lose weight, right? Fasting is about taking that time you would normally eat, watch TV, read the book, whatever it is you're fasting from, and filling it with God. Because if you try to fast, like, like, how many of you guys got that junk drawer in your kitchen? <laughs> right? We got that junk drawer in your house. You ever tried cleaning that out? How fast does it fill back up with junk? If we try to fast and just pull stuff out, 
it's going to be filled up with junk. So we got to fast. Spiritually fast is about taking that whatever out, that food, that activity out, and filling it with God. So that time you would normally eat, you're filling it with God. That time you would normally watch Magnum P.I., you're filling it with God. The time you would normally listen to the radio, I know on the car right there, right? You fill it with God. You listen to your Bible or something. Listen to your favorite preacher. By the way, my, apps, my sermons are on podcast now. Just kidding. <laughs> It's about filling up with God so that we know it so well. But if we're not careful, if we're unaware, you know those flaming arrows. The Bible says there'll be flaming arrows of the devil come after you. And we have the shield of faith to block them, right? But if you're not looking for them, if you don't have your shield up, they're going to hit you every time. And those messages are coming out. And there's no way you can say, I'm not going to hear any of these messages because they're going to be coming at you from everywhere. But we need to be aware of them so we can have our shield up. So this week, as we think about, well, well next steps, right? That's so always one, because we can't just leave it with a sermon because that's, you know, might as well just watch TED Talk, right? Next week, this next week, this coming week, Maybe you need to fast from something. I'm not sure. What is, how is this affecting me? The computer or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or watching TV. Or Maybe this week, I challenge you this week, if you're going to watch something, evaluate it. Sit down. What's your favorite TV show, right? That you you watched, or your favorite movies that you're always watching, or the you know that favorite radio program that you're still listening to. That was, you know, War of the Worlds or Superman. The Shadow Knows. <laughs> I laugh because I went through a phase where I listened to all those old radio programs. <laughs> but you take that time. You see, take that moment and evaluate what is the message. That is coming out of it. You say, well, what is the message? And it seems, and sometimes they're like, well, this is just fun. Yeah, it's fun. And I'm not saying don't watch it, but I'm saying be aware of the message that's in it because they're all preaching something to you. So this week, take your time and evaluate that show. Maybe you have to watch the same episode two or three times, which I know if it's your favorite, it's going to kill you. <laughs> Pastor said I had to watch this two or three times. Watch it. Break it down. What's the message being preached at me? Take your favorite song. What's the message being preached at me? Even if it's a Christian song, this is my favorite song, break it down. Where do they get this from in the scriptures? Because if it's not the scriptures, 
then it's a false gospel. And there's some Christian songs out there that I know are, I like them, you know. But that doesn't mean I believe that I'm going to get my theology from them. So this week, take that time as we set up for our, our, our invitation, move to our time of invitation. Well, let's pray first.